Welcome, everyone, to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. I hope everyone is enjoying their day so far. It's a wonderful day here in New York City. And as always, we are armed and ready to serve justice with all my great listeners here on the Red Apple Audio Network. Uh, There is... Like every week, there is so much that happened in the country this week. Uh, the San Francisco voters have had enough. They ousted D.A. Chesa Boudin over his soft on crime policies. I'm going to talk about that and the impact that it has on America. Uh, we also have uh, incredible news out of Memorial Sloan Kettering right here in New York City, where people who entered into a cancer study with colorectal cancer came out. A hundred percent of them are now in remission, some as far as two years out from the cancer. They have developed an immunotherapy that literally kills the cancer. And... Joe Biden's terrible polls continue to have a massive impact on the midterms, but his staff is saying, no, everybody, don't believe your lying eyes. The economy's just fine. You're just too stupid to figure that out. And yet the national average soaring to an all-time high of gas every night. It seems that the next morning it goes up another five cents, 10 cents, and now eight in 10 Americans. 83% of Americans now say that the economy is either an extremely or very important issue in determining how they will vote, according to uh, a new ABC uh, News Ipsos poll. And Biden apparently is furious that his numbers are actually lower than anyone in history, that he's being compared to Jimmy Carter, and he is furious about that. First of all, Jimmy Carter was better than Joe Biden. He wasn't cognitively deficient. And the amazing part is that Joe Biden's resolution to his declining poll numbers, and they continue to decline, folks, is that he wants to get out more. He wants people to see him up close. You know what, Joe? I think that's a great idea. I think you ought to get out more. I think people should see how quickly you react to their questions, how you answer their questions, and how you become furious, which is why your staff brings you right back in. And he, the seething that is standing is now worse than Trump's is really getting to him. And it's no surprise the economic uh, uh, blame game that they tried to say it's all Putin's fault and Buttigieg and, and the rest of them are like, you know, the price of gasoline is not set in the White House. There's no dial in the Oval Office. No kidding, Buttigieg, the mayor of a small town. And then, you know, the baby formula, the White House doesn't make the formula, and yet Then we get into the fact that the food prices are through the roof. And yet, you know what Joe Biden is now focusing on, folks? When people are worried about gas, some people work an hour to put a a gas in their cars. uh, And that the, the gas, filling gas in some vehicles can cost you upwards of $120. Biden isn't worried about that. He's on his knees over wherever, OPEC and Venezuela. And the truth is 
that he's worried about solar panels. So he really is into making sure that solar panels are made. Kind of like that child care thing where I gave you the statistics in a country of 300 million Americans or something like 46 million have children under 12 and you know maybe half of those are in need of uh, help with child care and yet that's like the number one issue we got to take care of child care well, I, I don't know how to tell you this but the Trump administration already did that with Ivanka Trump but the media at this point is not interested in talking about that but my concern and my thrill today is that the San Francisco voters who we thought have been high uh, finally have come to oust D.A. Chesa Boudin over his soft on crime policies. Let me explain something to you folks. If someone is a district attorney, his job, her job, my old job, was to set policy, prosecute crime, and enforce the law. This guy, Boudin, whose parents were in the weather uh, underground, both served time, he doesn't believe that, that the criminals are as bad as the actions that they perpetrate upon other innocent, unknowing victims. He believes that they need to be better understood and that we need to decarcerate. We need to let them out of jail, all right? But the fed-up San Francisco voters ousted their district attorney on Tuesday night in a recall election that rejected their soft-on-crime policies following surges in violent crime, in homicides, in motor vehicle theft, in robberies, in shameless shoplifting, car break-ins, open-air drug dealings in San Francisco, uh, the homelessness, wokeness. All this wokeness nonsense is for the birds. And you know what? This is what happened in America. Two years ago, George Floyd was killed. And everyone, I'm telling you, everyone was furious, including me. That's the kind of thing that should never happen in America. The murder of an, of a, of an unarmed black man by Derek Chauvin. Well, let me tell you what happened. The criminal justice system worked. Derek Chauvin was convicted as charged and is now in prison. But that wasn't enough. What the progressive leftists had to do was they had to denigrate police officers, saying police officers are all out there looking to kill unarmed black men. They looked to break the criminal justice system that was not broken. They looked to defund the police. They look to let everybody out on bail, forget about whether they have a gun or they don't have a gun. And in the end, in the end, we've got more lawlessness, more drug dealing, more homicides as a result of their leftist policies. And Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, you ought to be looking and, and listening to what happened in San Francisco because they're, they're, you know, out there in California, they're a little loony anyway. And yet they knew that this soft on crime nonsense is not what America is supposed to be about. This is an indication that Americans have had enough. 
that they will recall an individual who doesn't care about women who've been raped, who doesn't care about domestic violence, who doesn't care about aggravating factors. This is a guy, this Chesa Boudin, who needs to be ousted and was ousted. George Gascon in L.A., you better watch out. And Larry Krasner in Philadelphia and all you DAs who are not in a position uh, or don't believe your position requires you to enforce the law, but instead to empathize with the criminal, watch out, baby, because it's over. We want security. We want safety. We want none of this progressive nonsense. And folks, be clear on this. This is all happening in Democrat cities, Democrat-run cities, Democrat DAs, and this is where the crime and the death and the pain and the agony is happening in America because of these leftist ideologues who don't even have anything to uh, 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 to prove other than there are a bunch of people who care about criminals and not about victims. And this week, Matthew McConaughey uh, in the White House press room at the podium. Now, I was shocked when I saw that. I'm unaccustomed to seeing actors delivering messages for the White House. But I must tell you that Matthew McConaughey put together an argument for people to come together on the issue of gun control. I'm a gun owner, and I don't believe someone should have the right to tell me how many bullets I can have or how many magazines or how big my magazines can be. I am a, uh, a Second Amendment absolutist. But given what we've been through, Matthew McConaughey's argument at that podium in the White House was not only impressive, it was convincing. He tied together both the intellectual and the emotional arguments on guns and what has happened. He was brilliant. I must tell you he was brilliant. And he delivered a message in the White House that our president certainly couldn't come close to delivering. And I don't think anyone in Congress could have delivered. He was credible and he meant what he said. McConaughey is from Uvalde, Texas. He's been on the ground in Uvalde, Texas. And his decisions and his suggestions were the following. Invest in mental health care. We need safer schools. Restrain the sensationalized media coverage. Restore American values. Restore family values. Background checks. Raise the age from 18 to 21 for AR-15s, a waiting period, and red flag laws. He was impassioned, and at times he was very emotional, telling the stories of those who died in the elementary school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, and urging people to come together. He embarrassed the people in Congress. He said, we're in the middle of this, and he was brilliant in the way he applied his reasoning. He said, you know what? I'm here today in the hopes of applying whatever energy, reason, and passion I have into trying to turn this moment into a reality. And of course, whether or not we have reform is a decision for Congress. And Senator John Cornyn has said he's got 60 plus votes 
to be able to do something about the problem with guns. And again, remember, I am a Second Amendment gun owner, and so is Matthew McConaughey. He grew up with guns. He respects guns. He uses guns. This is a guy who comes to the stage with tremendous credibility. And I give him credit for his optimism and for his belief that we can come together. And if it is an optimism, I can tell you right now, he embarrassed Congress. He embarrassed them by telling them America's in the middle watching. And I love the one statement he made. He said that the Second Amendment is being hijacked by lunatics. Responsible gun owners are fed up with the Second Amendment being abused and hijacked by some deranged individuals. These regulations are not a step back. They're a step forward for a civil society and, and the Second Amendment. It was a very interesting spin. He said the Second Amendment is being, they're trying to take it away because of a few lunatics, which is what they're trying to do. So we'll see what happens with respect to guns this week, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to come together as a nation. And that's my opening statement here on the Judge Shadeen Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. So we're going to get to all those topics and break it all down for you here on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Plus, later on in the show, I'm going to take your calls and gavel out with my closing arguments. It's all coming up in just a few moments here on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Joining us now is a friend of the show, someone that you've heard from before, an American radiologist and the director of breast imaging at Memorial Sloan Kettering. She is Dr. Nicole Sapphire, and we welcome her to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Now, as you know, Dr. Sapphire is the director of breast imaging at Memorial Sloan Kettering. She's a contributor. You've seen her on Fox many times. She's written books, Make America Healthy Again, How Bad Behavior and Big Government Caused a Trillion Dollar Crisis. Her new book is called Panic Attack, Playing Politics with Science in the Fight Against COVID. Uh, it's, by the way, available wherever books are sold. This is a woman who is wise beyond her years. She is extremely competent. She is wise beyond her years, and I trust her totally, uh, and she is with the best hospital in the world when it comes to cancer, uh, and I am a cancer survivor, so I know uh, of what I speak. Uh, but something new and exciting has happened in the last couple of days, and I am thrilled that Dr. Sapphire is with us to, uh, to tell us what this advancement is. Doctor, welcome. Talk to us. Good morning, Judge. Thanks so much for having me on. We do have some exciting news. Right now going on is the 2022 American Society of Clinical Oncology annual meeting. We like to call it ASCO. But some uh, great news was published in the New England Journal of Medicine and presented at ASCO by Memorial Sloan Kettering this week. And in it was something unprecedented and rather unheard of. There was an, an immunotherapy medication that was tried in a specific subset of rectal cancer patients. And what happened was 100% of the people who completed the treatment 
had complete clinical response to it. And that, that's really unheard of in the sense that, you know, when we, we test medications, a lot of times, you know, we're happy if 80% of people have a treatment response, 70%, but 100% of people had a treatment response. And it's not just that it decreased the size of the tumor. It actually made it go away in all of them. There was no evidence of clinical disease anymore. And some of the people, they're already two years out from their treatment. So it's wow. very exciting information. Well, Dr. Sapphire, um, the, the, first of all, we're talking about immunotherapy. So it's a medication. So does that mean it's a pill or is it IV? So immunotherapy is different from traditional chemotherapy. Chemotherapy was cytotoxic. You kind of just give someone... Uh, chemicals that go in and kill cancer cells. Immunotherapy is different in the sense that it actually activates the person's own immune system so it can target that cancer. So it's much more specific. We started doing genetic sequences on different types of cancers to try and target specifically those genetic mutations. This particular medication, dostarlamab, is an immunotherapy and it's given in the forms of an IV. And in this study, it was an IV infusion which was done every three weeks for about six months. And what it did was it blocks a certain pathway so that the person's immune system can now recognize those tumor cells and fight it itself. Now, the study is small, and the results will need to be replicated, but this is still great news because what we already currently do with breast cancer, lung cancer, colon cancers, and many others are what we call neoadjuvant, either immunotherapy or chemotherapy, where we're trying to decrease the size of the tumor. Right, so when right. The, when, the, when they do go and have surgery, it's just a smaller tumor. But if we can actually get to the point where the immunotherapy gets rid of the cancer altogether and the patient doesn't have to have chemotherapy or doesn't have to have surgery or radiation, that's a game changer, especially when it comes to quality of life. Well, you know what? I I absolutely am so blown away by all of this that, that everyone is in remission. I know it was a small sampling, but everyone is in remission. I didn't know as far as two years later. It is great news for the cancer world. It's great news for uh, you know, Memorial Sloan Kettering, of, of which you are certainly a significant part. And Dr. Sapphire, we thank you so much for being with us this morning to give us this good news. I just felt that news like this needed to be you know promoted and trumpeted out there in the world and congratulations and thank everyone at memorial sloan kettering dr nicole sure sapphire will. thank you so much thank you all right bye all right and never forget that's the commitment we made on 9 11 honor it by donating eleven dollars a month to tunnel to towers foundation at t2t.org that's t the number two t.org up next on the judge janine tunnel to towers show we will be speaking with Fox News contributor and former candidate for governor of the state of California Caitlyn Jenner and it's all coming up right here on the Red Apple Audio Network welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show joining us now is a friend of the show someone that you've heard from before an American radiologist and the director of breast imaging at Memorial Sloan Kettering she is Dr. Nicole Sapphire and we welcome her to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show now as you know Dr. Sapphire is the director of breast imaging at Memorial Sloan Kettering she's a contributor you've seen her on Fox many times she's written books 
make America healthy again, how bad behavior and big government caused a trillion-dollar crisis. Her new book is called Panic Attack, Playing Politics with Science and the Fight Against COVID. Uh, it's, by the way, available wherever books are sold. This is a woman who is wise beyond her years. She is extremely competent. She is wise beyond her years, and I trust her totally, uh, and she is with the best hospital in the world when it comes to cancer, uh, and I am a cancer survivor, so I know uh, of what I speak. Uh, but something new and exciting has happened in the last couple of days, and I am thrilled that Dr. Sapphire is with us to, uh, to tell us what this advancement is. Doctor, welcome. Talk to us. Good morning, Judge. Thanks so much for having me on. We do have some exciting news. Right now going on is the 2022 American Society of Clinical Oncology annual meeting. We like to call it ASCO. But some uh, great news was published in the New England Journal of Medicine and presented at ASCO by Memorial Sloan Kettering this week. And in it was something unprecedented and rather unheard of. There was an, an immunotherapy medication that was tried in a specific subset of rectal cancer patients. And what happened was 100% of the people who completed the treatment had complete clinical response to it. And that, that's really unheard of in the sense that, you know, when we, we test medications, a lot of times, you know, we're happy if 80% of people have a treatment response, 70%, but 100% of people had a treatment response. And it's not just that it decreased the size of the tumor. It actually made it go away in all of them. There was no evidence of clinical disease anymore. And some of the people, they're already two years out from their treatment. So it's wow. very exciting information. Well, Dr. Sapphire, um, the, the, first of all, we're talking about immunotherapy so it's a medication so does that mean it's a pill or is it IV so immunotherapy is different from traditional chemotherapy chemotherapy was cytotoxic you kind of just give someone uh, chemicals that go in and kill cancer cells immunotherapy is different in the sense that it actually activates the person's own immune system so it can target that cancer. So it's much more specific. We started doing genetic sequences on different types of cancers to try and target specifically those genetic mutations. This particular medication, dostarlamab, is an immunotherapy and it's given in the forms of an IV. And in this study, it was an IV infusion which was done every three weeks for about six months. And what it did was it blocks a certain pathway so that the person's immune system can now recognize those tumor cells and fight it itself. Now, the study is small, and the results will need to be replicated, but this is still great news because what we already currently do with breast cancer, lung cancer, colon cancers, and many others are what we call neoadjuvant, either immunotherapy or chemotherapy, where we're trying to decrease the size of the tumor. Right, so when right. The, when, the, when they do go and have surgery, it's just a smaller tumor. But if we can actually get to the point where the immunotherapy gets rid of the cancer altogether and the patient doesn't have to have chemotherapy or doesn't have to have surgery or radiation, that's a game changer, especially when it comes to quality of life. 
Well, you know what? I I absolutely am so blown away by all of this that that everyone is in remission. I know it was a small sampling, but everyone is in remission. I didn't know as far as two years later. But the idea of using your own immune system to target and fight the cancer, that's kind of different from, I think, that some of the chemotherapy that we had maybe 10 years ago, where a lot of it is just kill, kill, kill. Uh, some of yourselves, and excuse my ignorance because I'm I'm not I'm not very obviously trained in this field, but it seems like the patients are, are healthier coming out of it. It's not as destructive to the system. Am I right or wrong about that? Well, you're absolutely right. But now that doesn't mean that there aren't side effects with immunotherapy medications. The traditional one that's being used in the majority of colorectal cancers, about 20% of people do have some sort of a side effect. In this study, again, very small subset, so we have to remember that these side effects were very mild, uh, just with some mild GI, but no serious um, or clinically severe side effects were noted. But, you know, the future of cancer treatment is targeting specific genetic sequences through immunotherapy, and we've already been doing that, um, but we still have a long ways to go. Uh, but every every step counts along the way. The one thing that's important is immunotherapy and the research is very expensive. And so mm-hmm. we, as Americans, need to do our part in what we can to decrease the amount of preventative illness, including some cancers that could be prevented through good lifestyle, healthy eating, physical activity, and early detection, so that those other cancers that we really can't do anything to avoid, that we have more resources to help those people. And, you know, colorectal uh, cancer is not that uncommon, Dr. Sapphire, is it? Absolutely not. Colon cancer in itself is very common, uh, one of the, the leading causes of cancer diagnosis and death. And rectal cancer specifically, which we're talking about in this study, about 45,000 Americans are diagnosed with rectal cancer every single year. Mm-hmm. Now, with this particular medication that is targeting a specific genetic mutation, only about 5 to 10% of people diagnosed with rectal cancer will have this mutation. So it'll be important for continued research to see if this medication works on different tumors, whether different rectal right. tumors or just different tumors throughout the body. All right. Well, you know, the, the, the concept of every cancer patient who enters remission after this drug trial is it's just miraculous. And I was so excited when I heard about this this week. And I said, you know, so many people are dying of cancer and yet we are so smart. Uh, it is it is such a uh, it is such an optimistic approach to life that, you know, cancer doesn't necessarily mean the end of life. And so my hat goes off to all of those at Sloan Kettering uh, uh, who work every day to make sure that, you know, the cancer patients, that they can do as much as they can to keep them alive. Now, this kind of immunotherapy, they I assume that they're working on this with like breast cancer and other kinds of cancer? Well, that's right. And specifically for breast cancer, lung cancer, lymphomas, leukemias, we have very specific uh, immunotherapies for them as well. And some of them are interchangeable. And that's really, again, what 
a lot of research does. You know, you can't assume one is going to work for another, and so you want to make sure that it does. But we're using immunotherapy and hormonal therapy a lot in breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the treatments for melanoma and lung cancer, our survivals are just are just exceedingly high because uh, we've now been able to identify immunotherapies. And, you know, while we are all kind of stuck talking about dostarlamab right now because of these amazing clinical trial results, it is there. There's also some great news in the words of leukemia, lung cancer, and others. So this is really just great news for the cancer world. Well, it is great news for the cancer world. It's great news for uh, you know, Memorial Sloan Kettering, of, of which you are certainly a significant part. And Dr. Sapphire, we thank you so much for being with us this morning to give us this good news. I just felt that news like this needed to be, you know, promoted and trumpeted out there in the world. And congratulations and thank everyone of Memorial Sloan Kettering. Dr. Nicole sure Sapphire, will. thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. And never forget, that's the commitment we made on 9-11. Honor it by donating $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Up next on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, we will be speaking with Fox News contributor and former candidate for governor of the state of California, Caitlyn Jenner. And it's all coming up right here on the Red Apple Audio Network. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Joining us now is a former candidate for the governor of the state of California and Fox News contributor. Uh, Join me in welcoming Caitlyn Jenner to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers show. Now, I I have to tell you, there isn't a lot of uh, information I need to give you. Uh, but what we do, uh, what I'm sure you all know, is that uh, Caitlyn Jenner was considering running for the governor of California in the 2021 recall gubernatorial election. Uh, and she obviously announced her, her, her decision to run. And in her pitch to voters, Jenner has likened herself to Donald Trump, calling herself a disruptor. Uh, you know, Jenner has been in the public eye for decades, becoming a household name during the 1976 Summer Olympic Games in Montreal by capturing the gold and setting a world record in the decathlon. And then known as Bruce, she came out as transgender and began publicly identifying as a female in 2015. She has emerged arguably as the most influential transgender woman in the world. Uh, although her ties to some in the, GF, in the GOP have irked uh, members of her community, but at the same time, I am thrilled that she's on the show. And especially today, in light of what happened in California this week, welcome to the show, Caitlyn Jenner. Well, that is quite the introduction. <laughs> love this. I love it. All right. I know you got it. You got it all in, but. Uh... Yeah, California. You know what? When I started the campaign, I honestly, I had no idea how bad California really was as far as politically with the Democrat running this state for so many years. And, you know, what I learned, you know, when we worked really hard, but what I learned through the whole campaign is, you know, is California just gone? Is is it like over have the Democrats got so powerful out here that there's really nothing you can do to unseat them. It is California is a big scam. Interesting. Um, Yeah, it is. 
Um, it's public sector unions controlling politicians. Politicians give the public sector unions money. Uh, they kick it back to them for their campaigns. They flood the airways with a massive amount of, uh, of television ads. And it's almost like impossible to get somebody out of out of an office once they're in there. Um, it, it, and it's just it's sad for the state. You know, I moved here in 1973. OK, I came in and, and I remember coming to the California border and it was it said, Cal- welcome to California, the golden state. Yes. Well, to be honest, yes. And it is. That was 73. That wasn't that long ago in the span of time. Mm-hmm. And um it's not the Golden State any longer. Well, I'll tell you, a woke uh, San Francisco DA, Chesa Boudin, found out this week that uh, the Golden State is, uh, is, is you know, is, is uh, determined and it will kick his butt out of San Francisco. This is one of, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, this is one of the DAs, the progressive DAs around the country, funded by George Soros, who makes yeah. a decision based not on the needs of the victims or society at large, but instead uh, on the criminal. And his soft on crime policies have absolutely caused the people in San Francisco to be fed up enough to kick his butt out of the DA's office. What do you say about that? Well, I say goodbye to Chesa Bodine, okay? Um, Mm -hmm. This is the first one. Uh, Obviously, we have a recall down here with Gascon, Mm -hmm. uh, with I'll give you an update. As of Monday, we had a little over 500,000 signatures on the recall because he wasn't on this ballot. He will be in November. We had a little over uh, 500,000 signatures on the ballot. They need about 67,000 more, and they have to get it uh, by July 6th. So we got a little less than a month, three and a half weeks left. And which I think they'll get, and they're pretty confident they'll be able to get that. But I just want to encourage all Angelinas to go online, sign up. You know, if you see a place outside a grocery store that they're taking signatures, sign that thing. We ha- he has to be next. We realize that you know what we can get rid of these uh, progressive district attorneys. And, you know, we call them progressive Democrats, progressive district attorneys. I don't, I don't even like that term. Progressive means moving I... forward. Okay, it's degressive. I mean, mm-hmm. we're moving the cities backwards. You know, um, they're they're almost becoming like a third world country. I mean, you go to San Francisco, Judge. I was there during the campaign for two days. I'm standing on a street corner. I'm looking across the street, and there's probably forty people leaning up against, sitting down, leaning up against a wall. Okay, they're all out of it. I see one guy literally shooting up on the streets. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a needle sticking it in his arm. I see at the other end, there's a guy doing a drug deal. You can just see the drugs, the money being exchanged. I'm standing there watching this. Yes, and I'm going, yes. Not one law enforcement, nothing. So, Tressa Bodine being gone is a good thing. And he, he actually, it was 60% on the yes and 40% on the no. But, um, and now... Uh, the mayor, Landon Breed, she'll pick the replacement. Yeah, I, mm. I hope, I hope things change, but I don't, I don't know. I read well, this today. 
Let me let me read you this from San Francisco. This this election does not mean that San Francisco has drifted to the far right on her approach to criminal justice. Mary Yang, the chairman of the recall committee, uh, said in a statement. In fact, San Francisco has been a national beacon of progressive criminal justice reform for decades and will continue to be so with new leadership. Who said this? Yeah, and that's that to me. There's got to be massive criminal justice reform. Okay, all right. So, so all right. So, San Francisco, crime is up, homicides are up. Uh, I think it's like fifty-four percent homicides are up, motor vehicle thefts are up, uh, sex crimes are up, uh, robberies are up, uh, drug crimes are up. It's a, it's a, it, talking about a beacon. It's a beacon of homelessness and drug dealing and violent crime. Now, I, you know, as liberal as San Francisco is, Caitlyn Jenner, I don't believe that anybody thinks that this is good. And I agree with you. I think progressive is the worst word. I was the DA, okay? Your job yeah. is to keep the city safe, not just for crime victims. I mean, that's a given. But for the community at large, so business can, can thrive, so people can move in with their family and not have to worry about whether kids are going to get shot just walking around with, a, you know, as collateral damage to a gunfight. These, these right. all of them, and, and you know what, George Gascon, that guy is a dirt bag as far as I'm concerned, the DA in L.A. County. He's got to be recalled. And after him, Larry Krasner in Philadelphia. And after him, uh, uh, you've got uh, 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 Abrams in, uh, not, not Abrams, uh, yeah, Abrams in New York City. I mean, this is just crazy town anymore. So as far as I'm concerned, you'll get the signatures for George Gascon, uh, uh but then the question is, who replaces him? And if London Bree gets a chance to replace Jessa Boudin as the DA, you know, there still will be an election after that. He will just, yeah. fill, he or she will fill out the term. Until yeah. 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 It's interesting. And the other, actually, the other interesting thing that's happened down here is here in LA for mayor, Rick Caruso won. By five points, uh, 42% to over uh, Karen Bass at 37%. And, Fantastic. You know, been, yeah, she's been in Congress since 2011. She comes in with a lot of political clout, a lot of people. Rick Caruso comes in. I really, I support Rick Caruso. I mean, I would love to see him get in there. Um, he's a businessman, um, mm-hmm. a very successful businessman. Uh, I think he's the only one. He's doing it for nothing. He said he'll take one dollar as a, you know, yep. he's not doing this for money. Um, he's doing it because he loves the city and he wants to improve. And he's a businessman. And I think he can put the right people in place to be able to clean up the city. So we'll see what happens there. But um, yeah, that'll be interesting, Caitlin. To win. You know what his criticism is? What? He's too rich. They're talking about his hundred million dollar yacht. Oh my God! You know what, yeah. Caitlyn Jenner? Yeah, I can't billionaire, but Rick Caruso. Well, the same with Elon Musk. Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter, and he is mm-hmm. everything from a racist on down. Here's what I believe, Caitlyn Jenner, and tell me, tell me if I'm out of my mind. These people who were screaming about uh, progressivism and they hate people who are successful and they hate capitalism, they hate the merit system. I mean, there aren't that many of them. They're just big mouths, and the press covers right. them. It's not what America's about. It's about time Americans stood up and said, get your butts out of here. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. You know what I'm looking for? And this is a, a, a question that I've been trying to get answered for the longest time. Have we reached the tipping point here? Mm. We've been going down this socialist Marxist road for a long time. And you're right. It is a small group of people. But, I mean, you know, the Democrats are very good at messaging and, you know, fooling the public into what they're doing. But have we – I feel like, honestly, with – you mentioned Elon Musk. Elon Musk, hopefully, will take over Twitter. Mm-hmm. And um, as far as free speech and our First Amendment, that's like one of the biggest things that's happened in the last hundred years. Yes. I mean, it could change the face of everything. Is that the tipping point? Is it we see that a, a Chesa Bodine, you know, loses a progressive district attorney in San Francisco – you know, has 60 percent of people say, yes, kick them out of here. Forty percent said, no, I'm thinking, who the hell are the 40 people, or 40, mm-hmm. you know, 40 percent of the people that voted yes, keep them in. Um, but have we reached that tipping point? Can we see in this next election a, a, a curve to say, OK, we're going to start to get back to traditional American values? Yes. You know, our and what have we reached that point yet you know caitlin i mean it's an it's an excellent question and everybody has been wondering about it and as for the 40 percent who you know who think that this progressivism is a good thing i'm not sure yeah. these are people who really know what's going on maybe they do and you know they believe that criminals should be out on the street and they somehow think that they're surrounded by some you know by some shield that they won't be affected but in the end when California, I think the most liberal state in the country, I mean, I'm sure it's, you know, there are a couple others that are in line to compete with California. When they throw out a Chesa Boudin who refused to prosecute domestic violence crimes, you, who allows for this smashing and this destruction of stores and businesses and livelihoods, forget about lives. Uh, when they stand up and say no more, maybe it's the beginning. And the the problem, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, is that it started with George Floyd and everyone said we're going to change the system and they went crazy. As opposed to accepting the fact that the guy uh, uh, who, Derek Chauvin, who killed George Floyd, um, he is in prison, and he is a Derek Chauvin. The cop is a disgusting animal, as far as I'm concerned. But you don't then open the floodgates so everyone becomes a victim of a crime under the claim that all cops are bad, so let's defund them, let's denigrate them, and let's let everybody out there fend for themselves. Yeah, Alex Villanueva, speaking of cops, Alex Villanueva, Villanueva the sheriff, here. right. Like, can't. I love I've had dinner with him. I, I, I love the guy because he stands up. But because of that, he's a little bit on the controversial side. He did win. Um, good. Not by a lot. He did win, which is a, a, a good sign that he's going to stay there. But, yeah, this progressive agenda, I think people are figuring out, you know what, it just doesn't work. I mean, mm-hmm. look, at, look at I mean, it's even hit the wealthy. Look at I live in L.A., Beverly Hills has been destroyed by this they did smash and grabs there on rodeo drive yeah people can't people can't drive a nice car on rodeo drive anymore oh my god women wear jewelry when they when they go shopping because they're afraid for their safety we got armed guards all over the place on on rodeo drive 
you know, every store is, is they're trying to do the des- best to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, uh, Beverly Hills has kind of turned into Gotham City, you know? Yes. It's just, it's just not the same. All well, because of progressive, you know, soft on crime. In this case, um, you know, we got Gascon in there. And he's been absolutely horrible. Oh, well, Gascon, Caitlin, Gascon, continue down this path in a civil society. Gascon is the one who said that Alex Villanueva, the sheriff, agreed with a five-month sentence on that little dirtbag who drove a car, doesn't have a license. The car was stolen, hits a mother, and the baby in a carriage drives off, right. leaves the scene of a crime. And if it weren't for the pickup st- truck stopping this sure, kid, yeah. and by the way, the kid is already Caitlyn Jenner on felony yeah. probation. He said uh, Sheriff Villanueva agreed. I knew before Villanueva. Wave open his mouth, and you can tell him this. There is no way he would have agreed with that. No, no, no. Alex Villanueva and Gascon have been head to head. I mean, since the two of them have been in office, and I have always been on Alex Villanueva's side. Um, I think he's really sharp. You know what? I, you know, the poor police. Oh. I mean, I. I feel sorry for. I mean, they got their hands tied in so many cases. Mm-hmm. Up in Alex Villanueva sends a case to get prosecuted, and then they basically, like you're saying, in this case where that kid just literally, I mean, it's yeah. manslaughter trying to run somebody, kill somebody with a car. Right, you know? right. And, and what's he get? A couple of, a couple of months in a camp. Yeah, you know? not even I mean, juvenile detention, a camp. Yeah, a camp. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, Disgusting. Uh, yeah, so we've got the possibility now. We just, you know, I encourage everybody to sign that recall, and uh, you know we got rid of Bodine. Now let's get rid of Gascon. Oh, you know your lips to God's ears, Caitlyn Jenner. I must tell you, it is always, always great speaking with you. Uh, you have such values and such experience in life, and uh, I, I look forward uh, to your continuing yeah. to try to get into public life. And I'm waiting for your book. When is your book coming, Caitlyn? Uh, well, we've talked about that. I have. <laughs> book that came out about my life is called the secrets of my life uh you get it on amazon but um that was all leading up to it it's like now i'm thinking about and i've talked to some people about kind of post transition the things Mm -hmm. that i've been through um it's been very interesting being conservative a republican in the very woke trans community yes it's a challenge uh (laughs) but uh you know, Judge, I can take it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, whatever you want at me, I can take it. Oh, well, I love I'm it. Back next week. Hopefully I'm coming back to next week. They're working on the plans uh, to do the five and be in studios and stuff ah, like that. Um, well, I'll see you uh, on the five. So I'm looking forward to it. All right, and everybody, uh, Caitlin is uh, is rather humble. The, her book, The Secrets of My Life, is a New York Times bestseller. So yeah. uh, Caitlin, by the way, is brilliant, a lot of life experience. Uh, I look forward, Caitlin Jenner, to having you on The Five, uh, and uh, hopefully uh, uh, you'll enjoy it as much as all of us will. Caitlin Jenner, thank you so much. God bless. Take care. Thanks for being with us. 
Always great to talk to you, Judge. All right. Take care. And never forget, that's a commitment we made on 9-11. Honor it by donating $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Up next here on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will gavel out with my closing argument. It's all coming up here on the Red Apple Audio Network. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Okay, it's now time for me to gavel out with my closing argument. This week, primaries in seven states were an indication of what's to come in the midterm elections. There is no question that the Republicans will do very well based not only on the fact that it's a midterm and the first term of a presidency, which is always good for the opposing party uh, that's not in the White House, uh, but these primaries have made it very clear that people are starting to be not just fed up, but starting to come together to vote out this progressive leftist liberalism that is destroying America. Now, Black Lives Matter, the movement, it came out, and many people believed that it was important and believed in the movement, but it was the organization that was a problem. And right now, there are top members of that organization who are under investigation. The progressives started putting in leftist progressive DAs. Chesa Boudin, who faced a recall in the middle of his first term, he's a little more than halfway into his first term, was booted out. He was booted out as a result of the city being fearful and the the residents being frustrated with his approach to prosecution. Boudin said... They are attacking me. On last Tuesday, he faced a recall election little more than halfway into his first term. It was one that was shaped by uh, uh, the city sensing that there was too much fear, frustrated residents afraid to go out of their homes, and they finally realized that it was because there was a progressive DA who wasn't interested in protecting them and his soft-on-crime policies. And as Chesa Boudin was booted out, the DA in Los Angeles, George Gascon, will be next. After Boudin is recalled or was recalled, everyone now recognizes that the job of the district attorney is to prosecute crime, it's to enforce the law, and it's not to impose your own sense of what you think the law should be. I can't believe we're out of time already. Make sure you join us right back here next week. Same time, same place for the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Let me know what you think. Make sure that you join us next week. Have a great day, everyone. Bye. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Okay, it's now time for me to gavel out with my closing argument. This week, primaries in seven states were an indication of what's to come in the midterm elections. There is no question that the Republicans will do very well based not only on the fact that it's a midterm and the first term of a presidency, which is always good for the opposing party uh, that's not in the White House, uh, but 
these primaries have made it very clear that people are starting to be not just fed up, but starting to come together to vote out this progressive leftist liberalism that is destroying America. Now, Black Lives Matter, the movement, it came out and many people believed that it was important and believed in the movement, but it was the organization that was a problem. And right now, there are top members of that organization who are under investigation. The progressives started putting in leftist progressive DAs. Chesa Boudin, who faced a recall in the middle of his first term, he's a little more than halfway into his first term, was booted out. He was booted out as a result of the city being fearful and the, the residents being frustrated with his approach to prosecution. Boudin said, they are attacking me. On last Tuesday, he faced a recall election little more than halfway into his first term. It was one that was shaped by uh, uh, the city sensing that there was too much fear, frustrated residents afraid to go out of their homes and they finally realized that it was because there was a progressive DA who wasn't interested in protecting them and his soft on crime policies. And as Chesa Boudin was booted out, the DA in Los Angeles, George Gascone, will be next. After Boudin is recalled or was recalled, everyone now recognizes that the job of the district attorney is to prosecute crime, it's to enforce the law, and it's not to impose your own sense of what you think the law should be. And already, George Gascone in L.A., he has been slapped down by the appellate division, which said, you're not a sovereign. You don't make the law, you enforce the law. So crime was in the spotlight as America has devolved as a result of the progressive leftists from the West Coast to the East Coast, from California to New York. And these midterms will reflect that same movement in the United States, where people understand, where it's time for people to take charge of what is going on in America. This is the land of the free and the home of the brave. And amazingly, it took an actor, Matthew McConaughey, in a White House press room, no less, to remind us that middle America all agrees with each other. We agree that we need to provide safety, we need to have safe schools, we need to be responsible, and we need to be able to live our lives in a way where it's not interfered with by crazy people or criminals. And in the end, I think that's what's going to happen in November in the midterms. Stay tuned. We are now seeing the pendulum swing in the opposite direction. I can't believe we're out of time already. Make sure you join us right back here next week. Same time, same place for the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Let me know what you think. We'll make sure that you join us next week. Have a great day, everyone. Bye.